Grab your hard seltzer, a glass of wine, or a shot of tequila. It's time for Girl Talk. Let's get real. Okay. Welcome to episode five. Yes. Right? <laughs> I, had to, I had to take a moment to think. I said it so quickly and so <laughs> confidently, and, and then I had to stop myself <laughs> and think too. Like, I'm super confident in this. Wait, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's our drink talking. It, it must be. Yeah. And we have a local Texas, well, kind of local. How far is Austin from here? It's about five hours. Oh, so local-ish. Yeah. I don't know. I guess in Texas, nothing is necessarily really local. Nothing. Absolutely. You can drive 15 hours and still be in the damn state. So no. Well, right. Even we both live in the same metroplex and we're almost an hour away from each other yeah. depending on traffic. So this is from Austin, which is kind of local. Austin East Ciders, and I've had a couple of theirs, but this is Black Cherry, and it is really good. And I am drinking the apple one, and the one thing that I've noticed about seltzers, and you're more experienced, you go to breweries and things like that, mm-hmm. I've noticed that the local ciders have more fruit flavor. Like when I drink a other brand, like a White Claw or a Truly, I kind of get more of a, like a LaCroix with plus alcohol. Yeah. With these I actually feel like this is a very side apple cider drink, you know, with the alcohol. So yeah. I, I kind of like that the local breweries are adding a lot more flavor in. I see that same thing. I think the ciders from Bishop mm-hmm. were like that. Yes, they and were. Then, oh, my God. Tiger's blood. Oh, shut your mouth. We need to go back to that Bishop Cade. Yeah. 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 That was so fun. Yeah. To explain, it is literally two big, huge rooms full of... 1980s and early 90s arcade games. And then you just pay a cover charge and then all the games are free. It's yeah. not even like Chuck E. Cheese where no. everything's four tokens Yeah, three tokens. You just pay your upfront charge and then we went Walk on up. my birthday and played Galaga probably 10 times in mm-hmm. a row before we gave it up to that other lady. There was probably what? <laughs> what do you think? 30 pinball machines there? Yeah. Or more? Yeah. It was amazing. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And the Tiger's Blood... Was amazing. It's so good. Such a good drink. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite cider. Yeah. But you're right. The the local ones that we've tried are a lot more fruity. They are and, and, and less watery, seltzery. Which I'm good. I, I like because I'm not a carb. I love carbonated drinks, but I don't like carbonated water. I don't like. I yeah. don't like it at all. So if it tastes like a you know a strawberry burped in it, I'm not I'm not a huge <laughs> fan. Whereas this is like a true apple cider with alcohol in it. I'll have to try the apple. Yeah, I won't try the black cherry because I'm not a yes. fan. But there are other flavors that are amazing. So that is what we're drinking today. This particular episode is about the difference between when we were married and how we handled things and how if we something had to be done, whether we put it off or just assumed the other half. Would take care mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, versus settle into those roles. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, versus being divorced and realizing you are both roles. And so you... You can't you, say, oh, this is something that my spouse should handle. Yes. Or, yeah, you just, you have to handle it all. Exactly. And, and that change is not necessarily hard for everyone, but depending on what your marriage looked like could be a big learning curve as it was for us. Yes, because you and I have different backstories and Mm -hmm. we can share those. We can share what kind of how we handled situations like that whenever we were married versus and then move into the later. But for me, mine was a choice because I was in a, a Mormon marriage. It was a very traditional marriage. And so the man handled certain things and the woman handled certain things. And I'm a big advocate on there's a man's role and there's a woman's role. And then sometimes those are great. And sometimes we reverse, you know, mm-hmm. 
it wasn't so traditional that I was barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. I'm way too vocal and mean spirited (laughs) for that. So, but I also, I had a man there. And so I didn't, you know, if something broke, oh, leave it. He'll take care of it. Or if something broke in my car, I would go to him and ask for, you know, his, and he would take care of it. Or that was a choice that I made. You know, there were, there were times where, especially during medical school, he wasn't in the house a lot. He wasn't at home a lot. But even then I would wait until he got home or, Mm -hmm. you know, if he was working out of town or something, I would wait until he got home to handle things. And it was kind of expected. Like we, we learned to expect that, I guess, where he learned that when he came home, he had a honeydew list and I was making him a honeydew list. And that was a choice I made, but it became problematic when I got divorced. So, right. Well, and all four of us, both of us and our exes are, children of baby boomers and the baby boomers I feel like were part of I'm going to say the majority of them were the last generation of the wife has these roles and the husband has these roles and leave it to beaver those kinds of of very traditional roles and we were raised by those parents even if we had parents that worked I, I feel like most of my friends my age we all had very similar you know gender roles with our parents yes so we're coming from that but we're also strong and educated and want our careers so so we morphed into something a little bit different a little less traditional but at the same time still not something that sets us up to do things alone all of a sudden <laughs> very true right and my parents were, were really good about raising me to, like, my dad taught me how to change a flat tire. And when I had car problems, he would bring me outside and, like, this is how you fix it. But then once I got married and, you know, a few years in, once I was in an abusive, controlling marriage, I then was kind of beat down emotionally to the point where, long story short, I just felt like I wasn't capable Mm-hmm. of doing those things. And then since I was basically being told I wasn't smart enough to handle them, I just stopped trying to handle anything. If I can't do it right, I might as well let him do it. Yeah. And that wasn't even a smart ass thing. I just really, really felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not equipped to handle this. I better let him do it because he knows what he's doing and I don't know what I'm doing. So that just snowballed, I think, for the entire marriage. And then by the time it was time for me to be single, I was convinced that I didn't know how to do anything right at all. Right. So uh, so then all of a sudden to be single and realize I don't have anyone to, to put this off mm-hmm. on. Now I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. Yeah, same. I discovered that too. I mean, as soon as, you know, the first time something broke or, and don't get me wrong, I, I did lawn work and, you know, things like that. I It's not like I was helpless right. by any means. Right. I mean, I've always been a strong, independent woman, but... Mm-hmm. When you have that other person, whether it's by choice or force, when you have that other person that does certain things, you don't do them and you will put it off. And so the first time, you know, when we first got divorced, we owned a, we had a house and a pool and the kids and I stayed at it. And, you know, the first time something happened with the pool and I had an earthly idea because I I wasn't the one doing the pool maintenance, Mm -hmm. you know, I was cleaning it, but I wasn't the one doing the chemicals and the, you know, worried about the heater and whatever. And so now I had to do all that. Something happened with it and I had to, you know, figure it out and I did not know how. So I called the people and I paid a shit ton of money to have somebody come and help me do something that I could have done myself, but I didn't know how, and I didn't even know where to begin. Right. And that's the thing is if you don't know where to start learning to know how, if you don't know, like 
okay, there's probably a YouTube video on how to do that. Now I know. Yeah. I can go on YouTube and figure out how to Anything. Pretty much anything. But back then, I didn't even, like, YouTube didn't even cross my mind. Or asking people, I felt more like, oh, geez, I'm not going to ask anyone how to do this. I should probably know how to do this, but I don't. So, you know, I just didn't. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's fixable. Exactly. And maybe you felt this way. I don't don't know. I know in my situation – I thought, wow, I just, you know, lost my husband and things, you know, I'm, I'm already feeling lonely. I don't know if you felt this way, but not only have I just lost my husband and, you know, laying in the room at night, you know, I hated nights. I felt like in those moments that I was, when something would break, that's when it really hit home that I don't have anybody else. Like I'd feel so lonely. So not only am I sad about the problem and I'm frustrated about the problem, but I'm sad about, I'm feeling sorry for myself because I'm so alone in that moment. And I was like, wow, I just, you know, looking back, yeah, I I doubled up on, on my emotions in that moment, but what was I supposed to, you know, what was I supposed to do? Right. I wasn't prepared for that. I hadn't prepared my whole life for that. So now I'm crying in my closet and drinking in my closet because I'm feeling sorry for myself that something's freaking broke in my house. Like, I wasn't what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And, and I had a similar feeling, but for a different reason, which is interesting. So I, I had a similar experience emotionally, but for a completely different reason, because I wasn't lonely at night. I felt free for the first time in a really long time. And I enjoyed my my time not freaking out and not wondering, you know, when the next fight was going to happen. So it wasn't the loneliness. But for me, since I filed for divorce only two months after my dad had passed, for me, suddenly... I wouldn't normally go to my ex-husband if I needed advice or I needed to know how to do something because I would just end up feeling dumb and, you know, dumber than I was when I started with the whole thing. And so I would go to my dad. My dad would tell me he he raised me to know how to do things. And But then I all of a sudden didn't have the ex-husband who was there to fix things and... I didn't have the dad to call if I needed to know how to mm-hmm. fix things. And that's, that's where it got hard for me was, uh, was to, I, I had that same feeling of loneliness, that same feeling of, okay, now what am I going to do? I, uh, I have to shout out my friend, Brian, who became like my stand-in <laughs> husband and, and his wife volunteered him all the time. Oh, Brian will help you with that. Oh, Brian will do that for you. <laughs> so Brian, thank you. Cause I, I don't know what I would have done. He, yeah. he stood in and did things. And I didn't know what I was doing. And and that's actually cool that you had that. I always go back to, and I know, no regrets, but <laughs> I always go back to the fact that had I gotten divorced in Michigan, surrounded by the support group that I'd had for 10 years, I would have had a completely different divorce experience than we moved here in June and I was separated by February 13th. And so he moved out February 13th. That was fun. But Happy Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, I literally drank for the first time in 18 years on that day. I hadn't put a sip of alcohol, you know, because I was Mormon, to my lips since college. And that Valentine's Day, I I drank. I was like, fuck this, fuck you, fuck everyone. No, you know, I was done. Like, I I didn't even do it in the closet. Like, I just went for it. But I had a completely different experience here because I, in less than six months, I had no time to build a friend group here. I didn't have anyone. And my parents were an hour and away. And if you listened to episode two, you would know that 
they didn't even come and check on me until, you know, April. So I had no one. So had I gotten divorced in Michigan, probably would have had somebody I could have called one of our friend group dads or whatever to come help me. But that's sad too, because why did I spend 18 years not learning how to do this shit? What if my husband had passed away? Heaven forbid. But what if my husband had passed away? What if my, you know, husband was, you know, what if I was married to a military man? He was deployed. Like, shout out to the women who have to do those things for themselves because their husbands are not always home or gone for long periods of time. And good for freaking you yeah. because I I didn't even think about crap like that, you right. know? Or just because they're flat out badasses. Yeah. I, I completely a, so much respect. Yeah. I have a friend that I taught with for years and my youngest daughter babysat her kids and she just knows how to do everything. She redid the floor in their house by herself. She builds things. Like she just knows. She knows that she was uh, I'm sure raised or taught herself or whatever. But I mean there are badass women out there that that yeah. do that, which is awesome cuz I'm catching up with all that now. Exactly. I'm having it's like a cramming for a test. Right. <laughs> I'm cramming it all in now. What did I not learn how to fix? And yeah, same. Yeah, I took it to an extreme. Like I, I just assumed I'd always have someone there to do it for me. And all of a sudden I didn't and caught me way off guard. Right. And then you just end up, it's kind of like when the fire ignites, you figure out how to put it out. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. have no one else there to put it out for you. So yeah. it's either going to burn the place down or you're going to figure out how to take care of it. So for me, that epiphany was that first time that I had to call the pool, you know, pool company in, mm-hmm. and the guy literally admitted to me as I wrote the big ass check, which I thought was really great, you jerk. But <laughs> as I'm writing the check, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, it was an easy fix. Like next time, just do this, this, and this." And because if you'll notice here, you know, 180 dollars of it was just me coming out. And I was like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, I'm glad you're telling me that yeah. as I'm writing the check. But then I realized, yeah. You know, it's a $25 part, something that simple I could do myself. But I think a lot of that, as I look back on that, for me, a lot of that was the depression that I was under because my mind was already so much in a fog that even like today I can sit here and say, oh, this broke. I don't know how to fix it. I need to go to YouTube and look up how to fix it. Now that thought process is very clear to me. And if you've never dealt with depression, that might sound like such a simple thing. But when you are depressed, your mind is such mush that even that thought process didn't work for me. It was just like, oh my gosh, this happened. And then it was panic. Yes. All I knew how to do was panic. And I knew I didn't have the brains to take care of it because at the time I you know, really thought I was incapable. My epiphany oddly happened when I was still married, but towards the end and we... About six years towards the end, which probably (laughs) sounds like a long time, but if you're planning an escape from an emotionally abusive husband, six years is is not a super long time. We had moved into a, um, a new house and our friends helped us move, happened to be two women that are married to each other. And they took my youngest daughter's bunk bed, moved it upstairs into her bedroom. And at that point, I would have put it up against the wall and walked away. Well, they took it. And then they came and asked me for a screwdriver and the bag of screws that came from the bed. And so I I went and found them and I gave it to them in in the bedroom. And then I sat there in awe. I didn't even help them. I just sat there and watched them. I sat there in absolute shock as the two of them communicated, figured out what part of the bed goes where, 
and put it all back together within less than probably half an hour. And to me, that was mind blowing that first of all, that they were even able to talk about that without getting into a huge fight. Nobody called anybody names. It would never happened with me. And, and I was still married at the time. And my husband It was just amazing to me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they are so much smarter than me. They are so capable. And that's amazing. And it, it's just a whole different dynamic for them. Yeah. And they they work together. They just have a marriage where teamwork is how they do things. And you even said they had some frustrated moments with each other, but it it still was not a... Oh, yeah, it wasn't a... Because it was a healthy relationship. Right, and it didn't end up in a big fight, and it didn't end up with, you know, someone in tears, which if my then-husband and I would have tried to do that, he would have ended up just telling me to leave because I was fucking it up. Yeah. Here's the sad thing is that had that been a man and a woman up there doing the bug beds, you wouldn't have thought twice about it. But because it's two women, we, you saw it as two women. Like you saw it as two women who could have done, who were doing the same thing that you could have done the exact same thing that you could have done, but you were so used to leaving it up to a man and leaving it up to your partner. And that to me is the sad thing is that you're no different than them. Right. But at the time you're right. I absolutely, to use my favorite word, (laughs) I absolutely looked at them and thought, wow, they are so much smarter than me. They are so much better at communicating than I am. It was a definite representation of how I felt about myself. Not that they were that much smarter than me. They're two super intelligent women. But at the time, I just felt like, wow, they are so much smarter than I am. But that wasn't it at all. I was just so But that's how you felt. That's how I felt, for sure. But now I can look back and realize that I had my own self-esteem issues and self-worth issues and thought that I couldn't do it. I can. Now I know I can. But at the time, it was a a huge epiphany for me to watch them do that and think, oh, my gosh, people do this without fighting. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And I married into a family that is extremely, extremely traditional. And I came from, you know, for most of my life, my mom was she was married but acted as a single mom because I had a few stepdads but in between there and even when she was married my mom was very she acted as a single mom I'll just put it that way and she if something happened in the house she was hands-on do it you know whatever but she was also a working mom and super busy so she never taught me stepdads never taught me So I was kind of like watching it, but I never learned how to do it. So I went from this really self-reliant, independent mother to this traditional family where the woman does know her place. So coming from a very matriarchal family into this patriarchal family where a woman does know her place, he never made me feel like I had to take on that role. I, but I took on that role because it was kind of welcoming because number one, I didn't learn because my mom didn't teach me, but number two it was kind of nice to say, okay, I don't have to. I don't have to figure it out. I've got him. He'll do it. Well, and I think as young women, we look forward to getting married for a variety of different reasons. I mean, for love and for, for all of those things. But part of it is that building that home. And when you build that home, you just figure it out depending on what type of person you're married to. Like, this is what you do and this is what I do. And now we can share and I don't have to do it all. And I got to be honest, it's not, I don't wake up every day and go, oh, the toilet's fixed. I'm so excited (laughs) about fixing it. I'm so excited about going to Lowe's and picking that part or Home Depot, whatever your choice is, and coming back it. No, that, that doesn't excite me. You know, I'm, I don't have that ingrained in me to, you know, want to do that. Well, I didn't. 
now that I've got a taste of it, now I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can do this. Yeah, I, I've noticed that change too. I've definitely in the three years since I left him changed my mindset. And now I realize not only can I, but it's kind of fun mm-hmm. to, to tackle it and to figure it out. And, you know, to go from not believing that you can do anything or not in your case, just not doing it. Yeah, exactly. Just allowing it to be done for right. me. You know, to the point where you're like, oh, this is going on. Okay, well, let me figure out how to tackle it. And there's that sense of satisfaction. And it does help if your self-worth has taken a beating. It does help boost you back up to realize, oh, I'm not the stupid bitch that I was told I was. Exactly. And, you know, it it was very hard for me because I was in a house with a man who was becoming a doctor. And I struggled with and do not come at me. Do not at me people, but I struggled with being just a mom in quotes. That is something that I was never okay with. And that is just who I am deep down inside. I was always meant to be something bigger for me. I love being a mother, but I was not happy with being just a mom. Mm -hmm. And so the first time that I was forced into the situation, I realized I could do something was our uh, dryer went out and well, a bunch of things happened. First, the fridge went out. That was just completely, you couldn't do it. Nothing on YouTube. That was hire repairmen and whatever. Right. They, you know, have to come and fix it. Then right after that, like two weeks later, after we dropped this big, you know, $350 bill, then the dryer went out. Oh, and geez. I was like, okay, I'm a single mom, so I'm not made of money. So when the dryer went out and it was running, you know, it was running, but it wasn't heating. And then I was like, okay, so I'm going to try this. So I looked up YouTube and, you know, looked up my dryer brand and what was wrong with it. And I came across some videos and it said, Oh, the heating elements out. And I'm like, okay, well, what's that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know, I, I know. that it makes the dryer warm, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know anything about it. So I watched a YouTube video and I was like, I can do that. So I matched the thing and I went on to Amazon prime and I ordered the part and the part came in. I was, first of all, I ordered the part and I was like, I ordered the right part. And I was like, pat myself on the back. It's like, <laughs> open the box. It looked like the one in the bottom of the dryer. But this YouTube video literally showed me how to unplug every, you know, unplug everything on the outside, what screws to take off, to pull this off, to then lift the top. And it took me, <laughs> funny story. It took me about four hours, which probably wouldn't have taken someone else four hours, but it took me about four hours. But by God, I put in and changed a heating element in a dryer. Nice. And Here's how long it took exactly. You. I, did it. I did it. By God, I did it. And when I was done and I put the dryer back in and I plugged it in and I put a towel in there to see if it would warm up and it warmed up. I was on top of the world. That's and that awesome. may be so simple to other people, but for me, you know, whether it was my mom or my husband, having someone do it for me my whole entire life, that was fucking amazing. Well, that is amazing. I was I so proud of myself. Right you should be. And this wire connects to this wire. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> that was the greatest feeling. So from then on, every time something broke, I started YouTubing and and or figuring it out myself. It's a great feeling. It's not. It has nothing to do with the fridge or the heating element or any of that stuff. Just the just knowing that you can exactly that that you're able. Yeah, same. And yeah, I I can't imagine if our heating element went out. If I ever <laughs> said to my ex husband, "I got this," there's a video. He would have just laughed at me and not let me do it. But I never would have even thought I would be able to do that. Yeah. It's so cool that you looked that up and did that. 
it, it was very cool. It was a cool moment. And that, like I said, that led into other moments. But back when I was married, it would, wouldn't even have dawned on me. And, and why? Right. But me saying why back when I was married, why do I need to? Well, because you don't know what the freaking future holds. It's, it's like I tell my daughters, learn that shit now because well, I'll just have my husband do it. Well, what happens when your husband isn't around? Or what happens if, you know, God forbid, you end up in a divorce? Because guess what? I used to say that too. I used to say, well, I have a husband that'll do it. Well, he's not here. Or what happens if you marry a man that wasn't raised to fix that stuff and he doesn't know how Exactly. There's every scenario out there. Right. That shouldn't stop you from preparing yourself. And we do a great disservice to our daughters by not teaching them that it's okay to be in a relationship and still be independent and still know shit. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And interestingly, (laughs) as you say that, I was thinking about my two daughters. I have one daughter who is very engineering minded like her father. And one daughter who's who's more social emotional like I am. And since he only had two daughters and, and not a son to choose from, he did teach my oldest daughter how to do stuff because she thought like him. If something broke, she wanted to know why and how mm-hmm. to fix it. And so he would show her. So she did learn that. But then my youngest daughter, because her and I are like, oh, it broke. Let's go to Target. Yeah. <laughs> we need a new one. <laughs> You know, that was our mindset. So he never sat down with her and said, look, no, you're not going to Target. This is why you can just open this up. You do this, you do this. Even though we were all women, it even differed with that, which was just an epiphany I had when you said that, which is interesting to me. Yeah, that's very cool because when my kids were old enough to know their dad has always been the top that here, come out here. You're going to help me change this tire. Come out here. I need to put new brake pads in. You know, my kids were always having to go out and help dad with something always, but it was them. It was never me. I would always say, Oh, dad needs help with, you know, changing his brake pads. Oh, dad needs help fixing this. And I would send the kids out. And so thankfully they learned and there tended to be a grab my son, you know, and the boys go do it. Mm -hmm. But there were times and, and, I, like I said, I'm thankful that he's still the type of dad that does this. You know, my youngest daughter, my oldest is not interested at all, but my, he'll come call my youngest daughter, come pick her up and she'll come back and she'll say, yeah, we built duck chairs all day so he could have cool duck furniture, you know? So oh, he, cool. he does now make them, you know, do stuff. And he did when we were married as well. But the last thing on earth I was going to do was, you know, have my kids step up, you know, after the divorce, mom is suddenly, you know, drinking and crying in her closet. (laughs) Now we got to go fix the toilet or the dryer or the, yeah. So I wish looking back, I had made different choices. I had been more involved and say, Hey, teach me. Right. You know? Yeah. And and I wish I would have too. I was going to hit on what you said about uh, the kids being taught because that's true. My oldest daughter, actually did learn some things from her dad because he enjoyed teaching her things. Mm -hmm. However, when you live with a narcissist, and I should differentiate between a narcissist and a verbally abusive narcissist Mm -hmm. because they are different. When you live with a verbally abusive narcissist, it looks something like this for my daughter's entire lives. Come out in the garage. I'll show you how to fix this on your Jeep. And she wanted to learn. She Mm -hmm. wanted to be able to do it all herself. So she'd go out and then I'd go out and check on them, see if they wanted something to drink or whatever. And, and they'd be at work and doing their thing. And then 20 minutes later, she would come from the garage bawling her eyes out because dad just yelled at her because she didn't do something right. And 
would be a catastrophe. And then he's mad. And then he comes in yelling and screaming. And then it would ultimately be my fault because I didn't parent them right. And it was a nightmare. So that cycle, every single time I would try to do something, every single time he would try to teach them something. And eventually you just learn, oh, okay, well, we're not even going to try. Yeah. So the three of us just stopped trying. Yeah. And my oldest had gone away to college. So my youngest and I were like, forget it. We're no, we don't want to. Nope. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. go ahead and take care of that yourself. We know what road we're going down and we're not going down that road. So even if he did try to teach her things, which he, he, he did on occasion, it would end up uh, just a shit show. So we learned, don't ask, let him do it. Well, you probably wanted to avoid the fight too. So you just always avoided it completely. Any, yep. Anything to not wake the beast. Yeah. That's it. Always, always was just a matter of, you know, how to make sure we don't trigger him. Mm-hmm. And so we learned that if we just pull back, he's not triggered. Yeah. Exactly. In retrospect, I wish that I would have, like, we we camped our whole lives. I grew up camping. I I lived in a campground every summer. And then when I got married, we grew up camping. We've camped from, you know, tents, pop-ups, class A, class C, all the different kinds of campers. But all the maintenance stuff was always on him to take care of because I can handle a tent, I can handle a pop-up. But by the time we got to the bigger vehicles that needed maintenance and needed setup and needed all that stuff leveling and yeah I knew by then that I wasn't going to help or I was just going to get yelled at and so he would tell us what to do we would arrive at the campground okay you do this you do this you do this and we'd do all the things like empty the car and put the the sleeping bags on the table until we were all set you know all that we had our little roles set but I never learned how to do any of that big stuff so then fast forward to this idea that I had last year at this time to live in a camper and I started watching videos and realized, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do any of this. I was 47 years old at the time, planning to live in a camper, and I had no idea how to even set up a camper, Yeah, <laughs> let alone maintain the thing. Mm-hmm. So thank you, YouTube, for having lots of tutorial videos on how to do that kind of stuff. But I was 47 years old before I learned how to set up my own camper. Even though you had been camping your whole entire, entire life. Entire life. Yeah. But with my parents, we, we definitely had our rules. My My mom and dad set it up, and then my brother and I would do the other stuff around the campsite. And then with my ex-husband, we just didn't want to get yelled at. So, Here's how the sad thing I've done. Like I said, I've done yard work my entire life. The first time I had to mow the yard and he moved out or whatever, and I was out of gas. Well, I knew enough, just enough to know, okay, does this mower, mower we've had for quite a while (laughs) that I've used – but I haven't even put gas in it. I I was like, I knew just enough to know, okay, is this more the type that requires the gas oil mix or does the gas go in the separate than the oil? Now, I knew just enough to know that that was something to ask about. Had I looked at the dam mower, I could see that there is very clearly on the side a place for the oil and on the top, a place for the gas. But instead, I called my ex and said, hey, does this mower require a gas oil mix? And he's like, it's just gas. If you look down on the side, it's, you know, you'll see the oil. And then I felt stupid. I felt so stupid. In my mind, instantly, I'm like, 
And he's probably thinking, good luck. Good luck living on your own because you can't even look on the side and see that it, you know, oil goes in a separate spot. And I thought, I've used that mower a million times, but didn't even know that little. Basically, when you're that far gone from being independent and remembering what it's like to be able to figure stuff out on your own, it seems impossible. Yeah. Like the idea of doing anything just seems impossible. Oh, for sure. But then as I started doing, when that heating element was like, I don't know. It just like un- unleashed the beast or something because not too long after that, you know, something on the lawnmower broke and I ended up taking the lawnmower apart and putting it back together again with a YouTube video. And then something on our truck, the door handle, we locked ourselves out the truck and it's, a, it's an older truck. And so person jimmied it for us, you know, stopped and jimmied it for us. And well, that did something inside the door to where the, the, you couldn't get into the door from the outside. Yeah. And so we went inside and again, watched YouTube. God bless America. That (laughs) there's like a whole educational system. Like let's just skip school and just go to YouTube, but just kidding. But, you know, we took the door panel off and we were looking at it and I was like, I was pulling on it to kind of see how the mechanisms work. And I started recognizing that my brain is now working. To, I'm looking, I'm pushing on the button or lifting the door handle to see how things move in there. And then I happened to follow that to say, oh, look, this right here came out of its little bracket and that's what it was. And I took it and I put it in the bracket. I could see that there was, that's where it went. Mm -hmm. And I clamped the bracket down on it. And then lo and behold, the door handle worked. And I was like, I figured that shit out. (laughs) (laughs) And that made me feel so again, so good about myself. It's empowering. It's empowering to realize how much you're capable of if you just put yourself out there and try. Exactly. I'm not helpless. Right. Which if you haven't, done that for decades you do forget how to do that mm-hmm. most d- definitely yeah. and even after I left we went to an apartment for the exact reason that I didn't feel capable of maintaining a house if something went wrong with the house I knew I had no idea where to start right and I wasn't about to be borrowing on all, all my friends that were capable or all my friends husbands that were capable and asking them <clears throat> Hey, can I borrow you? Hey, this is broken. Hey, yeah. I knew I didn't want to be relying on other people all the time, but at the time I didn't trust myself or even realize that I was intelligent enough to do that. I was still pretty right. beat down. And it was, I would say, a good year and a half of, of coming out of the depression and all of that before I remember a moment where I finally realized, oh my gosh, I'm capable of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And since we lived in an apartment, I didn't have things that were broken that I had to fix necessarily. I, I had the maintenance guy. I could call him that. <laughs> Even though I never really had to call him. But anyway, um, for me, it was when my youngest bought a, a van and she wanted to convert the inside. So it had a, a captain captain's chairs. Mm-hmm. Or the, that's what they're called. Yeah. Separated, right. Ha- had captain's chairs in the middle and we looked up on YouTube how to take them out, which sounds so simple. I mean, it's a couple bolts, but just the very simple act of figuring out what size we needed. I don't even know what that thing's called that you put over the bolt. <laughs> you know that wrong thing? <laughs> okay, I'm coming far, but I'm not coming all the way far, okay? 
It's a, is it's it a, a torch wrench? Is it a ratchet? ratchet? Oh, it's a ratchet. It's, it's a, a ratchet. ratchet. Chloe was like, ratchet? Oh, my God. Ratchet? So many people are listening to us right now going, oh, they were literally screaming, ratchet, ladies, ratchet. Okay, it's a ratchet. So, <laughs> we talk a lot, Vina and I, about baby steps. So this is this is a good example of where I've taken some baby steps, but I still don't know the name of a ratchet. It is a ratchet. We both understood. We both understood the circle-like motion with your, you made with your hand, though. Because you ratcheted. Yeah. That thing that goes. But even that, as simple as it seems to me now, even the act of okay, you have these big ass chairs bolted in the middle of your van. You don't want them. How do we get rid of them? Okay, we take those things off. How do we take those things off? Okay, we need. A ratchet. <laughs> Did not own a ratchet at the time. I had a screwdriver and, and a couple things by yeah. then, but ratchets were not something in my in my repertoire of tools. And we went over to oh, O'Reilly's happened to be across the street. We went over there, we found the size we needed, bought all the stuff we needed, went back to the apartment and, and we loosened it up and we got them out. And it was such a sense of accomplishment. And it probably sounds so simple to anyone else, but going from a place where I just didn't feel smart enough or capable enough to to be able to pull those things out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my youngest and I high-fived. We felt pretty calm. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, she she wanted to make a little table thing for inside to extend the bed. And so we measured and figured out what sizes we needed. We watched YouTube videos. We went to Home Depot. We got the wood cut to size. We drilled that fucker. And... (laughs) We sanded it and we even stained it. And like, I've told you this story before. So even though it sounds like a project that they probably do in tech ed in sixth grade, (laughs) to me, to me, being able to do that, just the two of us was, was super empowering. And I I think it was for my youngest daughter too, because we... And don't downplay it because there's a lot of, there's a lot of women out there that are like us that are in the same boat where I wouldn't know where to even begin to build a table that, you know, fit in a van. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when we finally got the table into the van and we flattened the bed, it was the exact right height and length that we needed to extend the bed. It was perfect. And you're right. It probably is simple for some people, but for us, it was pretty amazing feat to... Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to steal your word for a second. And I have to tell (laughs) you that it took everything in my entire human being not to sing oh 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 rally <laughs> when you oh, said parts. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I was like in my head I was like don't sing it don't sing it she's telling a story don't sing it and it's a very empowering story don't sing it <laughs> I'm, just thinking about it. I'm not gonna do it I did it I did it <laughs> I, I literally had to control myself because I was like, no, it's it's a serious moment. Don't. She's she's telling an empowering story. Vina, don't don't run it. You're like, what's what's the Disney movie where all the emotions are in there? Oh, why can't I think of the name of it? I can't think of the name of it either. Oh man, you know the movie I'm talking about though, where all the emotions are in there, and there's like fear. Yeah, and yeah. Your emotions are like, no, do it. No, no, don't do it. it. Don't do it. No, don't do it. I was my head. I, there was smoke coming out of my ears. <laughs> But well, yeah. thank you for restraining yourself Absolutely. to, like, to like finish the story, and then we can sing it together. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying and what you mean because, and I do. I when I have big accomplishments like that, I tend to downplay it by saying, you know, 
I know it's stupid, but, and that's something that I need to stop doing and you need to stop doing. We need to stop doing that. Downplaying our accomplishments because I don't really give a shit if they sound small to someone else. And I'm 46 and I'm getting to that point. I don't give a shit if they sound small to other people. It was big to me by God. You're right. And that's a beautiful perspective to have because for where we are or were, when that happened, it was huge for us. Mm -hmm. And that's what matters. And you shared that moment with your daughter. So you empowered your daughter. So That's true. That's yeah. true. Because she did say, well, how are we going to build that table? And I said, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. And we did. And look at the example now that she has moving forward that her mom said that, number one, didn't balk, didn't hesitate, said that and said, we're going to plow through it. I mean, yeah, we're, we're starting on ground zero, but by God, we're going to plow through it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And now I'm just living a whole lifestyle where I have to depend on my own independence because while I do have, obviously, you guys down here, I have friends that that I can call. I am now living by myself in a camper, and campers require a lot of maintenance, and so I have to figure it all out on my own. Yeah. (laughs) I had a problem with the, the black water tank, like, week two, and... Normally, I would be looking for someone to help me out of it, but I YouTubed and got it all fixed and didn't yeah. have to call an RV plumber, which I hear are expensive. And so, yeah, it, it it's empowering. And now I, with every accomplishment, I can feel myself trusting myself a little bit more. Yes. You know, same. Time. Exactly the same. I, I've even, as you know, I'm a mountain bike, mm-hmm. you know, just got into mountain biking before, right before COVID. And Love it, but I've even helped with you know uh, bleeding the brake line and fixing that, making sure there wasn't air in the line, and I would have never known how to do any of that. No, making sure that it had the you know right pressure to where you know I could actually stop on a downhill because <laughs> super important. I don't know if you know that, but it's super so important. You go a little fast. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so now I know how to do that and I know how to look at a mountain bike's brake pads and I can tell, you know, I can spin it and tell if it's rubbing on one side of the brake pad and it's not supposed to. And I can kind of like, a, I guess, maneuver it a bit to make sure that it's center and I've never known how to do that shit. I would have just pawned it off, not, not pawned it off, but just expected that he would just do it for me and I would trust that my brakes wouldn't fail. And luckily he, you know, loved me for the most part. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm just really thankful. I wish I'd done it sooner, but I'm very thankful that I'm figuring that shit out now and I'm starting to be independent myself. And I don't, like I said, you don't have to be in a relationship and be a hundred percent dependent on the person. You need to be a little bit independent as a woman yourself so that you know how to do this shit. And I'm realizing as, as I enter into a new relationship, a healthy one for once in my life, I am realizing how much nicer it is to just be two complete independent souls that don't need to fill those roles for each other. Right. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you do, it's out of choice, not yeah, not out of my lack of self-esteem or out of my belief that I'm not capable. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like I have to call him because I can't do it. Right. So if we we do get to a place where we settle into roles, it'll be just because that's our comfort zone, not because he needs me to be in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Pregnant forty eight. <laughs> that was just an example. Well, 
Well, you can. <laughs> this girl can't. But some, I'm not speaking for all y'all, but this particular one right here <laughs> that will fact, not be barefoot and pregnant. That factory has closed, and yep. they and demolished the, the building. It's gone. Yeah, if I'm barefoot in the kitchen, it's because I'm eating a pineapple ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably half naked. <laughs> and it's not a pretty sight. I'm shoving that shit down my throat. But hey, that's that's how we roll. That's the, that's the new uh, menopause saying. You're either you go from being barefoot and pregnant to being barefoot, half naked, eating a bottle of ice cream. See, there's that shout out to Ben and Jerry's again. There you go. Free ice cream. Send it my way, Ben and Jerry. Love you. Oh, half baked tonight Those are my two go tos. Yeah, so I'm, I am very, very, like, watchful now to make sure that my kids do the same thing. <laughs> I love my my oldest daughter. She's I love her to pieces, but she has been Miss Independent. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it since she was four years old until, until she got in college. <laughs> and suddenly that stopped, and now it's the other day she pulled over, you know, the little cement things in a parking lot. You know, when you pull in, there's that cement thing yeah. that you pull up to. She goes over it and then realized she scraped it. So she backs up. And when she does, she pulls in, pulls out that little plastic thing that's under the bumper. She yeah. pulls that and breaks it. And now it's all like hanging down. <laughs> does she tell her dad and I? No, she just neon green duct tape on her <laughs> gray car, duct tapes it back up. And when her dad is walking past it she pulls the you know hopefully he doesn't look down well the neon green yeah, duct tape is drawing color. his eye to it so you know that's let's not get the regular duct tape that would blend in with the bumper let's get the neon green so well, she that's what they make it in fun colors for right there's even like designs and stuff but yeah so she's one that you know we're really having to work with to kind of help her be a little more independent but these two they may but they'll still get out there and do it you know they'll still get out and build deck chairs they'll still get out and help with the you know brake pads and things like that so I'm very thankful for those teaching opportunities because and and I'm thankful that they're seeing that in their mom now they saw me on the floor in the kitchen, you know, with the dryer pulled apart and me halfway in it with my butt. The only thing sticking out was my butt, you know? <laughs> what are you doing, Mom? I'm replacing the heating element. What? You know? Damn straight I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm very, very thankful for those teaching moments because I know what it was like to grow up and not have those. And then get in a situation where I should have been more independent and needed to know those things and had to learn instantly. So at least if we didn't learn it until later in life, at least we can instill it in them to learn it as they're going. So, so that they hopefully continue to remember that they're capable of doing that. And I think that's part of their generation too. They grew up knowing if you don't know how to do it, you look online. Yeah. And so they have a different mindset to begin with. Exactly. We didn't have that. No, us pre-internet people, you know, we had to rely on books or people that we knew that knew how to do it. And so now that our mindset is different, we can continue. But I think since they grew up in that mindset and they're used to GTS, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but Google does. Yeah. So, so they, yeah, they know, they probably know. Well, I can say that for sure. I mean, my, my youngest daughter has chosen to be vegan since quarantine and she's done it 
pretty much purely off the internet. Yeah. She has a couple friends that are, are vegan, but mostly it's been recipes from the internet, videos from YouTube, information from whatever site, you know. And so they, they're just trained that way. They automatically, oh, we need something? Let's look up how to do it. Exactly. And I, I was, you and I weren't. No. 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 But now I am. <laughs> now you are. Now you are. <laughs> now I am. So now we know how to look that stuff up. So if your dryer breaks, you can just call the drunk divorce divas and finally show up <laughs> and be your HVAC person. And uh, hey, we could probably even have a little podcast while we do it. There you go. It's a two for one. <laughs> we'll bring the saucers. <laughs> Yeah, so basically the the moral of this whole episode is, and I know that, you know, many of y'all can relate. The moral is, is that it's never too late to change. You don't have to feel helpless in that. I mean, of course you're going to feel helpless, but you don't have to stay helpless. I should say it that way. You don't have to stay helpless in that situation. You can learn to be independent. You can learn to take care of your home and your things and, you know, be a strong, independent woman, still looking for relationships and still looking for that partner, and you know. But but looking for that partner <clears throat> in a healthy way, not because you need something out Thank of Thank you. Them. Yes. Because it's more of a want and because you fit well together. And Yeah, I, I think that's a good, very good example because you, it goes back to me, you know, kind of saying I'm, I'm afraid of being alone. Another one of those things is, is that I, I'm afraid of back when I was afraid of, you know, not having that person. I would look for someone to fulfill certain roles instead of just be my soulmate and my partner and my companion. Right. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert. For me, when I find someone to fill certain roles to make me feel whole, mm-hmm. I'm not taking into consideration or I'm not fully considering what that, you know, are, are we completely compatible? Is that relationship good for me? Is it because I've got all these roles that I needed filled, filled, right? but did I truly analyze and is, is that a honest connection to that person? Not just a purposeful connection. Does that make sense? It makes complete okay. sense. And I, I think I stayed single. Well, I didn't at first, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but then after I realized that I needed to be alone and be single for a while, I realized by remaining single, I I chose to remain single to work on my self-worth and my self-esteem. But then a byproduct of that was that I was taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. And by taking care of everything, I I don't know if it was intentionally or not, built myself up to the point that now I feel like I can handle it. And so I repaired myself and that way and now I feel capable and complete and and like I have more to offer the person I'm with without being needy if that makes sense yeah it does for sure and I think we both have good spins on on that good healthy views yeah which is something we didn't always have in the past that's true that's true and so if you are listening and, and you're not there yet just know that it happens even though you will feel at times, like it never will happen, then you'll never be okay. Mm-hmm. But you do get there. You eventually. do. But it does take action. Intentional action. Yeah, intentional action. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this was a great podcast. Definitely. Definitely. It was a lot of good, good material. Yes, it was. Again, visit us on Facebook and Instagram, Drunk Divorce Divas and Drunk Divorce Divas Podcast. podcast. Facebook has the podcast. Yes. The end, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. And 
feel free at any point in time, if you want to have something talked about and you're not comfortable saying it on there, because, you know, for whatever reason, feel free to send us a message and we will open up the discussion and we will talk about it on the page where you will post anonymously and we'll just get some people to talk about it and relate to each other and maybe find you some support within it. Absolutely. Check us out because we did get a message today that we will anonymously uh, post and be talking about a little bit. So come join the conversation. Yes. All right. Have a great week.